Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. Our colleague Ben sends his regards. Unfortunately, he's off the grid on a secret project, but hopefully he will be returning soon. We don't know what this secret project is, but we are told (laughs) that we will learn about it at the same time that you do. We're also joined by our super producer, Alexis Codename Doc Holiday Jackson. You are you, you are here. And that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Well done. We did it. Yeah. Uh, strange news edition. Oh, it's weird, man, doing this at the top without without Ben's master of ceremony ship. But uh, <laughs> we, will, we will do our best to, to soldier on. Uh, and we've got some doozies today. We actually last week did not do our usual strange news segment for various reasons. And we did some uh, classics instead. So kind of worked out that Ben couldn't be here today because we are absolutely lousy with uh, strange news stories. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was my fault, guys. I do apologize to everyone. My one of my dogs, actually, if you're watching the video, you can see her. She's laying down right here. Her name is Penny. She had a little blessing. 
I yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She's just chilling. Uh, she had a little injury to her paw, and it was bad enough to where, in the middle of the day, I just I decided, hey, I need to run to the vet with her right now. But she's great. She's recovering. She's on antibiotics, and she's very, very happy and sleeping. And very, very sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so today, what do you say, Noel? We start with a story about someone going missing. Sure. Okay. Here we go. In the early morning hours of Sunday, October 16th, not long ago right now, the 911 dispatch in Nuego County, Michigan, received a 911 call. And we're going to play part of that call for you. This is a recording of it made available by WDIV-TV in Detroit, the fight in WDIV. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Are it, they a football team? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're a television station. And... This call seems to have been edited, and I will let you know which part was edited uh, when we're listening to it. It was likely just to remove personal information, at least that's what we think. So let's listen to this call. No, I go County 911. Yes, hello. This is Anthony John Serigliano in Fremont, Michigan. Okay, what's going on tonight? Yes. And this is the part that was cut out by the television station. Everyone is okay, but I need the Fremont Police Department, and I believe he is Captain Geating, John Geating. I need okay. some police protection immediately. Okay, for what? It is a vital national interest. It is related to September 11th, and people want to erase me from the face of the earth. I'm not crazy. Ooh. Mr. Geating knows me. I'm a Christian. I just need some help, and then the U.S. government will take it from here. I know this sounds crazy. You don't have instructions for this. Please send uh, someone that knows Geating and can talk to U.S. authorities, please. Okay. And do you have any weapons there? No weapons at all, not even a BB gun. All right. How do we That's spell your last name? Sure. It's C-I-R-I-G-L-I-A-N-O. All right. We'll get them over there for you at 823 North Michigan in Fremont, okay? Okay. Can they come with their lights off and not to frighten my children, please? Yep, definitely. Okay. I'll look for them, knock on the door, and who... Please try to send Mr. Geating, even if he has to be awoke from his sleep. It's that important, yep. please. No, nope, he's on right now. Okay, thank you. Yeah, bye. So. Oh, boy. Right? So. It, yeah, I mean, I, I know nothing about this going in, so I am I am coming in cold. And that, you know, I love that the question immediately, obviously a procedural question, are there any firearms in the house, which is sort of a, like, I'm clocking that you might be a little nuts and maybe dangerous. Uh, right. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'm misreading that, but that is, that is the way I heard it procedurally speaking. Well, there's a, there's a statement in there that was clocked by everybody who's been reporting on this. And that is, this is regarding the nine 11 attacks, right? The September 11 attacks. And yeah. it's been a minute just for the record, you know, it's, so it's an odd thing to have breaking news on that requires you to be protected. I guess, I guess the implication is that the government is, is coming for him potentially because of something that he knows. The government or someone is, is coming for him. The phrase he uses is someone wants to erase me 
from the earth, I believe. Uh, Something along those lines. And those two things in combination, that phrase, and then mentioning the September 11 attacks, you can tell, as you said, Noel, made something in that 911 dispatcher say, okay, I need to check if this guy has weapons. But if you listen to the way this person, Anthony Cirigliano, talks. Absurdly calm. <laughs> and, the, and the things he's concerned about, right at the end, I left, I left the whole 911 call in there, particularly to mention when he says, please have the police you know, leave their sirens off when they yeah, approach the house. Upset my children. Yeah, I don't want to scare my children. Like, I, Why, my though, concern ask, is my yeah, kids. For sure. And again, this is the, the things this person is saying certainly raise alarm bells for me as well. But the demeanor with which he is saying them, he may as well have been placing a to-go order. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's really just measured, calm. There's no sense of urgency really and and if there is it's just kind of with his words and not with his uh you know the demeanor with his like not body language whatever you know sound uh, equivalent of body language is yeah we'll analyze it a little bit further as we go here but let's learn a little bit more about anthony he lives in fremont michigan with his wife suzette and their two teenaged sons uh both of whom are on the autism spectrum and they also live, all four of them, live with Suzette's mother, so Anthony's mother-in-law. And she suffers from dementia and requires almost constant care. And they've historically provided that uh, for her. So while we're still kind of around that 911 call, let's hear from the Fremont Police Department's chief, Tim Rodwell, because uh, he put out a statement as like a, a press conference, you know, a presser. And I just want to hear a quick word from him regarding that call. And I imagine we'll get to why this person referenced a specific officer as well, like by name. He was asking for a chief, Chief Geeting, which mm -hmm. uh, is not the police chief of Fremont, the Fremont Police Department. Unfortunately, I don't have all the information on that person, but it was a high ranking right. official or at least chief at one time in the area where he lives, maybe the county. I see. All right, well, let's hear the clip. Um, Tony was asking for the FBI to arrive and CIA to arrive and, and wanted the fire trucks to be in his house and things of that nature, at his house, excuse me. It's not normal behavior or normal interactions we have with the community. And um, that's what's leading me to say, you know, Tony was exhibiting some, some signs of paranoia. So you can hear there that the police chief of the place where Anthony lives is saying, you know, it seems to us as well, not just the 911 dispatcher, that this man is exhibiting signs of paranoia. And notice that he's referring to him as Tony, which is a familiar mm -hmm. kind of like, so I assume that this person has a relationship with the officer that he's referenced, that, that he is a known person in the community, perhaps. Uh, it just seems like if you're being official, you would call him Anthony and not Tony. Well, it's because this is my hypothesis, at least. I believe because that 911 call happened in the early morning hours of Sunday. So like super early, think Saturday night, basically. Two police officers from Fremont PD actually went out to the home, the family's home. They spoke with both Anthony and Suzette. They spent about 45 minutes with them, according to the chief. And the officers left believing that there was no real sign of danger. There was no real danger to the family. It was a man's belief that they were in danger, but there was nothing to act on, right? So there was no reason to like put them into protective custody or something like that. 
Well, what he was asking for essentially was round the clock protection mm-hmm. or in, in some way to be guarded. And he like almost was like calling in a favor because he even said from the start, no one's in danger immediately. There's no like, you know, crisis right now, but I need police protection. And then I think he, in his mind, he referenced a, a name to show that he was connected uh, in some way. He at least knows some of those people. He works in finance to my understanding uh, is self-employed. And he seems to be somebody that others would know in those spheres, right? The other thing to note here with regards to what was said about that interaction with the family was that Anthony and Suzette, neither of them seem to be a threat to the family at all, right? There's no external threat to the family. There's no internal threat to the family because of these thoughts that they even then considered a bit paranoid, but it wasn't something to worry about. However, Mm. that night... That same night, Sunday, October 16th, Anthony's mother-in-law, the woman who, again, requires constant you know, help from the family, sure. uh, she was seen wandering around the neighborhood. And the neighbors alerted local law enforcement, who then checked up on the family again, only to find that Tony, Suzette, and the two boys were all missing, as well as the family minivan. So, Okay. So they just left, it seems, for some reason. And left an elderly person who requires round-the-clock care. That is not the actions of a person acting on their full faculty, under their full faculties, right? Yeah. So after, you know, initial search from the police department, uh, they put out a statement on their Facebook account, which said, the Cerigliano family has been found to have unexpectedly left their home in Fremont, Michigan, and are believed to be in a silver 2005 Toyota Sienna with Michigan registration. The family last had contact with them on Sunday, October 16th, so the same day they left. Since the last contact, their phone has been turned off, and they have not reached out to family or friends. Please contact this police department with any information. So not only did they leave, uh, Anthony or somebody among the four of them knows that turning off your cell phone makes it much more difficult to for anyone to track you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's aware of this. And I guess I'm going to say Anthony has taken that step because the other family members' cell phones, they were all found at the house, right? Oh, boy. So many uh, things go through your mind. You're picturing the scene, right, when they yeah. left. Is he like, no, leave, leave your phones. Leave your phones behind. Are they like trying to reason with this person? What What are we doing? Why? why? What's going on? Wait, why aren't we taking grandma? <laughs> well, it, there's there are many questions, right? If you're thinking about it as anyone looking at it from the outside in, if you're trying to investigate this, maybe there's foul play. Maybe something happened and they were taken, right? Maybe that's what happened. But according to the police, there were no signs of a struggle at all in the home. Everything was in its place. There were no signs of any kind of foul play. And it was just very, very strange. But when you connect that occurrence of them going missing with that 911 call, it becomes disturbing, right? We've seen scenarios play out in the past where that doesn't end well, um, for usually for the family members. Well, well, right. Like, like the, again, the implication, the calmness too, given all these these new details that I'm hearing, is even more eerie now because this is a person who is resolved. 
to yeah. to do a thing, you know. And and given that he felt the police didn't take him seriously, now we go to stage two of, mm-hmm. of the plan that that has been created as a reality in this person's mind. Yep. Again. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not trying to psychoanalyze anyone from afar, but these are the things that I'm thinking of in terms of like, what are the most likely steps that, that, that would have taken place? Well, one thing we can do is look to other family members in that Serigliano family and see their reaction to, you know, what's happened here and what do they think? Um, everywhere that I've seen it reported, family members who were contacted were stating that this was abnormal behavior for Anthony. Um, they were unaware of him having paranoid uh, thinking like this at all. And Anthony has always just been a devoted family man to their knowledge. And again, you just think back to that 911 call and he's concerned about his kids. It just, it, it feels right to me. That feels correct. And these people were just gone until October 23rd, this past Sunday. Just uh, three days ago from mm-hmm. when we're recording this right now. Yep. When they were finally located, I know we kind of jumped through the entire search for them. They were spotted in a couple places. It was reported they were uh, traveling around in that minivan. They were being very careful, but they were seen on CCTV a few times. And can I ask, I mean, nothing illegal has transpired exactly other than perhaps abandoning uh, an elderly person in need. That. That is it right there. We're going to jump That's to that. That's what triggered the like a search. Otherwise, if they'd all just gone, even paired with that 911 call, it probably would have been like a non-issue. But but the, this other thing like, like clearly indicated something was amiss. Yeah, unless someone made a missing persons report and they were able to have, you know, evidence that something was wrong, right? If the police right. had some kind of working evidence that, that anyone in that family was in danger, that would have triggered the same thing, right? So, October 23rd, this past Sunday when we're recording this, they're located somewhere in Wisconsin. I'm not going to say where it is. You can find it if you want to look it up. But this family is obviously attempting to not be found uh, for their own reasons, even if it is just one person's belief. They don't want to be found. So it's a couple gonna, days of road tripping, I guess, right, at this point? Uh, exactly. Almost exactly yeah. that. Uh, according to that same police chief in Fremont, uh, his name's Tim Rodwell, Uh, He's quoted as saying all family members were interviewed and determined to be safe. And according to him, the family, the internal family there, at least the husband and wife, they continue to believe that someone or some group is still seeking to do harm to them. But according to that chief, they will not be granted police protection just as they were not granted it earlier um, because, quote, the elements of the investigation do not meet the criteria for protective custody. But why do they leave grandma behind? Okay. So uh, according to reporting coming out of channel 13, that's an ABC affiliate out of Fremont, Michigan. It was a miscommunication between family members. At least that's again, according to the police chief there in Fremont, Uh, (laughs) there was a, there was some kind of miscommunication between Anthony and someone else on who was going to be watching after the mother-in-law. Someone uh, that didn't go with them, someone that was supposed to show up and, and uh, a third party. Uh, let me just read you a quote yeah, from yeah, yeah. this no, reporting. No, please. Uh, again, this is Tim Rodwell. He says, once we were able to do our full investigation, I think we were able to learn that this maybe was a communication problem and not an intent or that they didn't care. 
Luckily, Tony, again, referring to this gentleman as Tony, was able to explain what procedures he had taken to make sure she was safe. I think it's just a big misunderstanding. I don't foresee any criminal charges because nothing in the, in the investigation would lend us to request charges for the prosecutor's office. Very interesting. This is uh, a real whodunit. Well, well, it's what it is. <laughs> for me, it's this person who is, you know, he's out there supporting a family. He's got a family. He's supporting extra members of that family, right, and that extended family. He's a gainfully employed, you know, adult, seemingly responsible family man. Mm-hmm extremely concerned about something that from from every other angle besides his seems like a paranoid, perhaps even delusional concept and idea. If this is real, like just if we go with the potential scenario that it is real, let's say Anthony has some information about the September 11 attacks for some reason, whatever that reason is, how would this look differently? How would the scenario play out differently? Right? I think it would play out the same way. No one would believe you. Well, sure. You that's, would, that's, of course. Try yes, to yes, protect yes. yourself and your family. But <laughs> I still, I, I need to know who was supposed to be there to take care of the elderly grandmother. Yeah. Like that's, that's really important to me. Like in this, in, in understanding how, you know, sound of mind these, these two folks were, mm-hmm. because if, if there was supposed to be a caretaker that was going to show up and didn't, and that was the miscommunication, then I get that. And then I can see a sane person being like, I don't want to take an elderly woman with, with a special needs on the lamb and we're going to leave her home. No one's going to mess with her. You know, it's me. They want, uh, I could see that, but short of that detail, it feels weird. Like yeah. that, that, that is a real red flag, you know, in the whole sequence of events. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. And I spent a little bit of time over this weekend attempting to put myself in their shoes, Anthony and Suzette, right? The two decision makers in that household. If the belief is strong enough that there really is someone who is imminently going to be coming to that house to cause harm to them and they need to protect themselves. I think leave anybody there. Why would they leave anybody there? I agree. I think, I think fleeing is the choice you would probably make right Uh, in the way that they did. But why would you not bring that, you know, that other person, unless you did make the calculation that, you know, we have to save these boys. They're more important. They're also on the autism spectrum. And we're trying to be quiet about all of this. Bringing an extra person may complicate the situation and make it impossible for us to hide effectively. It's tough. It's a tough thing to think about. Like, what if you had to make that decision? I don't know. It's really weird. Oh, man. Well, let's take a quick ad break and then we'll come back in and continue the discussion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back. Slight spoiler for season one of Better Call Saul, real quick. Five, four, three, two, one. There's a scenario where there's a family. The father is a treasurer or something, and he's, you know, stolen some money. And um, there is a threat made against them that is sort of, it's a whole thing. Point is, they disappear, but then it turns out that they left and made it look like they had been kidnapped to take the heat kind of off of them and like make them seem like the victims, but they actually quote unquote kidnapped themselves, you know, and that's like a big reveal. Um, but again, in that situation, you wouldn't leave a vulnerable person home because the whole deal there was they thought someone was coming for them to take their money and to potentially do them harm. So you're not going to leave an old woman who needs special care and potentially a victim, another an unrelated person who has nothing to do with any of this. You wouldn't do that unless it was like I don't see any logical excuse for that if this if they they were so scared of being hurt that they it does seem like you'd get everybody in the car and go right correct it does seem that way i maybe that's yeah it's a piece of puzzle that maybe i just don't understand i don't think there's anything to understand because we don't know yet do we know exactly obviously we don't uh, what he thinks why he like what he there's nothing 
along those lines. We yet. don't have that information, though. You know, if you are in that position again, like I, you have to treat it as it's either real or it's it's just paranoia. And I'm I'm kind of focusing on the more if it's potentially real because it's really just more interesting to me. Um, like if it was potentially <sighs> real, then you would either want to disseminate that information widely to protect yourself. So now it doesn't, you're not a target anymore because now everybody knows like right. taking right. you out. Like a doesn't dead stop hand anything. kind of right. A, what do you call it? A, yeah. A dead hand. Isn't that what they call it when you, but that's usually if you're hurt, then it gets released. Yeah. You know. It would be that scenario would be you keep it locked away with the threat of releasing it. If any harm comes to you or your family, if any comes to you or your family. Um, and I, I hear you on the more interesting, but I also think the other side is interesting because we're living in such a time where we're seeing very normal people become radicalized in their own minds and like go down these rabbit holes of, of paranoia and like almost cultish behavior being exhibited. We see it a lot. I've got friends that you probably know some people who family members have gone down where you're, no, you no longer have anything where you can relate to them anymore because they've gone so far down these radical beliefs, whether it be QAnon or 9-11 truth. But that's why I, I jokingly said, yeah, it's been a minute since 9-11. Uh, you know, you'd think it'd be about something more contemporary, you know, but like, that's very interesting too. But I can see how a very normal person through all of the things that we've been seeing in the media could maybe just snap and, and, uh, and develop this narrative that then they feel the need to act on. Because what does a responsible person do? They, they try to keep their family from harm. So if you truly believe what it seems this person believes, you're going to act. Yeah. But then the, I'm sorry, I keep getting hung up on it. The, you know, the, the older woman being left behind, that part just doesn't jive with that. So I don't, yeah, there, that's, that indicates more of the extreme levels of paranoia to me, perhaps, or the, you know, so aggressively acting so quickly that there, something just falls through the cracks, a pretty big thing, a, a whole human being, you know? Yeah. And it's so strange. Like, I, I'm going to give you another quote from Tim, that police chief. He says, quote, everyone describes Tony as an extremely loving father dedicated to his family. My officers found Tony to be, again, very loving and caring and worried about his kids. That's how he sounded on the call. We've been saying that from the start. You said that, you know, as a father, where you like what stood out to you was the most important thing to him was that his kids, especially if they're on the spectrum or have any kind of potential for high anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. Like that might be caused by something abnormal like that happening. That was very front and center, for this person to be like, make sure, you know, do it on the, on the quiet. Um, man, this is fascinating. I, I think we're going to be hearing more about this. This is, this is like the stuff of documentaries right here. I mean, really? Yeah. Like what, what really happened? I would love to, to watch that documentary and thankfully the family's okay. At least for right now, as we're, we're reporting this, uh, everything seems to be going well. Um, although, as we said, the, the belief that someone is after them is still there, according to the police chief. But that's the thing, too, though, Matt. Like, we see this all the time where just being paranoid alone 
doesn't cause police intervention or doesn't cause like someone to protect your loved ones. You have to cross so many lines before the law gets involved and like feels as though your kids or your, your, your spouse are in danger. And usually it's too late. Usually it's after some murder suicide. You know what I mean? That's the kind of thing that my brain leaps to horrifically, but that's what I'm, that's what's happening. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow, I didn't realize we've been talking about this for so long, Noel. Uh, well, it's it's worth it's worth it, and the one that I'm going to bring in part two of this episode, I think, will be roughly the same length. So I think it's okay if we just do two stories uh, <laughs> this time. But man, like I said, going into that one cold, that was a ride for me. I mean, I, again, I'd heard nothing about this story, and and you've already said in advance that you know very little about what I'm going to talk about. So I think it's going to be a, a, a an interesting uh, second half. All right. Well, I'm ready. I'm ready to be surprised. I hope you got something really juicy. It's pretty juicy, bro. <laughs> All right. It's also hilarious that you don't know that much about it. Why is that hilarious? <laughs> Whatever. All right. You probably know the basics. All I know is that the person we're going to talk about... Um, his life is dope, and he does dope stuff. That's all I know. He does dope stuff. You know the song, like, Flashing Lights. I mean, that's a stone-cold banger, you know? Uh, Maybe. Flashing lights, lights, lights. I know that part, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's the hook. That was when he started getting into, like, you know, French pop and, you know, really worshiping Daft Punk and, and all of those kind of... I mean, look, Kanye West, you cannot argue uh, before... <laughs> The escalation of his weird public uh, dalliances, I guess, um, with the media. Interesting artist. Intra- very talented fellow. You know, started in Chicago, you know, very like grassroots, you know, loved his mother. Just interesting. You know, like you said, the thing you were referencing was uh, early appearance of Kanye West, I think, doing a, a guest spot on uh, with Common, maybe on the Chappelle show. Right. It's with Common and like, or uh, maybe Talib Kweli. He just kind of pops in and does a verse. I and, think that was know, a, that was Dave Chappelle on a couch during a late night TV show. And he told the story about first meeting Kanye. But Kanye was on an episode of Chappelle show just kind of like as a young, young, young artist that no one had would have heard of yet at that point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he made an impression on folks like Jay-Z when, like, he'd, you know, jump up on the table and, like, you know, be like, my, my shit is the best. You know, I mean, he had this, like, bravado at a very early age. Um, and it, it paid dividends. His stuff was incredible and people really believed in him. And he made some really incredible records that really pushed some boundaries in terms of what you would think hip hop is like, you know, he sampled like 21st century schizoid man by King Crimson and like, you know, blood on the leaves by Nina Simone and like all of these weird disparate, he's just a sample machine, like the, the, the things he chooses. And, and he is an MC who also does his own production, which isn't, always the case you know a lot of times MCs have other people doing their production and Kanye just seemed from the start to be kind of the full package but over time um, we've seen this man struggling with uh, pretty serious um, bouts of of mental health uh, issues you know very 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 publicly you know he got very very famous became this like quadruple threat in terms of like his entrepreneurship you know he's this top selling artist he becomes this fashion designer has this like shoe line you know he's he's doing the easy thing like with you know, Adidas and like he's just this like cultural phenomenon and all through that he was kind of saying some slightly off stuff and beefing with people and then there was the whole like him coming out with like you know 
support of Trump. And even that wasn't enough to really, you know, have his peers totally cancel him. Like people were looking at him askance when, when he was wearing the red hat and all that. And, you know, people, I think, were more concerned than anything. But um, then, you know, when his uh, his now ex-wife, Kim Kardashian, when they were separated and she was having a relationship with the comedian Pete Davidson, that's when Kanye started like being creepy and invasive and posting screenshots of text messages and kind of borderline doxing Pete Davidson and just, you know, and this is a guy who has millions of, of social media followers and just acolytes and people who just like worship the guy. Like he's absolutely, like I said, this cultural phenomenon and that's very dangerous when a person like that comes unhinged in such a real way. And now with things like Twitter and Instagram and, and whatever, there's no, separation there's no publicist between him and 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 the people that like worship him so there's no filter and short of like you know a, a twitter or, or whatever facebook removing him removing his access or like cutting off his feed and we know what it takes for that to happen um he's speaking directly to to his audience and these are a lot of younger impressionable perhaps folks and you know all kinds of people but uh Literally in the last month, like it's October 26th and the beginning of this current saga that has really just been the public undoing of Kanye West. It's only been since the very beginning of this month when he went to Paris Fashion Week. Again, he's this like fashion icon and he wore a White Lives Matter T-shirt. And it's just such a charge. That's an interesting choice. Isn't it? It's such a charged thing because obviously he's a black man and there have been so many, uh, you know, horrible police instances of police brutality and police killing unarmed black men or black people. And it's just really become this like movement, you know, and Black Lives Matter. And so then we, there are these backlash movements against Black Lives Matter, things like Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, all of that stuff. And those are inherently try are dismissive of what black lives matter is. It's sort of trying to like flip. No, we're going to like have our thing. No, you don't get your thing. Black lives matter is what it is. And it like should be what it is. So any attempt to re brand that is an attempt to bastardize it and diminish it. That is my opinion. Well, I, I do. I mean, he is a prolific artist. That is one of the things I know about him. Sure. He makes artistic statements that are uncomfortable for a lot of people often. I wonder if that's what the attempt was rather than a political statement. It was supposed to be some kind of artistic statement. I have no idea. Well, I have no well, way to well, know. Sure. But we talked off the air with, uh, you know, super producer Alexis codenamed doc holiday about a song title that was on his record called, uh, Jesus, I believe called black skinhead. And that is an iconoclastic reclaiming, right? Of like something like the idea of a skinhead, which is like, you know, a white supremacist and like to say black skinhead. And again, you know, Alexis and I went back and forth a little bit about the actual contents of the lyrics. A lot of his raps are very, they're, they're very, um, what's the word kind of psychedelic. Like they're, they're not always what you, what you see is what you get. They're not all blanket uh, political statements. There's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of figurative language, let's just say. So you could go through and read this, the, the lyrics, to the song black skinhead and, uh, you know, make arguments in several different directions as to what his intent is, because that's not entirely clear. Like it's like, you know, there's some, uh, interpretation that goes into any interesting 
lyric, in my opinion. That's, that's the stuff that I like the best. Um, but given what's been happening and you look back, it's like, is he just being iconoclastic? Like, you're right, Matt. To have a thing saying White Lives Matter could just be an iconoclastic punk rock kind of move. But given the climate, of where we're all, where we are right now, and given like it's Paris Fashion Week, which is such a in the grand scheme of things frivolous event that is only for the like super rich, you know. Is it a it comment definitely on Paris Fashion Week? You again, you could argue that, right? But like, then very soon after, he went on to do an interview on Tucker Carlson. Uh, yay, by the way, is what he goes by officially, and he made some very inflammatory <laughs> anti-Semitic statements. Um, he, he made a very kind of snide little comment about how he thinks his children should learn about Hanukkah instead of Kwanzaa because, quote, at least it would come with some financial engineering. Is he being iconoclastic now? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, well I, I don't look, man. Again, it's just me analyzing words and phrases. It would come with say say it again. It would come. It would come. He's implying that if they learned about Hanukkah, they'd learn about the Jewish people. And there's a horrible stereotype around Jewish people that they're like these financial kind of black magic folks that are pulling the strings behind the scenes. You know, uh, it would come with some financial engineering. It's like basically saying like, well, I'd rather my kid go to Temple because maybe then they'll learn about like finance. That's messed up to say that like that is a uh, stereotype that has carried on throughout the ages and has been a real reason why folks like Adolf Hitler and people that were anti-Jewish wanted to eliminate the Jewish people because he felt as though they were inherently greedy or inherently, you know, concerned with finance and we're going to like ruin everything or take over or whatever, like mm. from underneath, you know. So, okay. He didn't say all that, but, you know, th he said this. And then um, he, at some point very close after that, maybe right before that, he puts out this tweet, which is really at the center of, of all of this fallout, uh, saying something to the effect of, like, I'm sleepy right now, but tomorrow I'm going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. And then sort of follows it up with, like, y'all have been trying to blackball me, y'all presumably Jewish people uh, for speaking out against you and whatever. And I've had enough, essentially. And then, wow. you know, he yeah, he, he says that that just really starts a firestorm of folks like having to pick sides at this point. Right. Because he's he's overtly saying something that could very clearly be uh, considered anti-Semitic going death con. It's also death con, not death con. Um, Wait, he uh, wrote three. death con. He wrote death con three in the in the tweet. So at this point, you know, like he I think he gets into a back and forth with with uh, P P Diddy, Puff Daddy, Diddy. I forget what he goes by now. They've, they're old friends because, again, Kanye was like this young upstart and kind of very quickly became friends with everybody, you know, in the industry. Like he was just this kind of like, you know, golden child. So in this exchange with Sean Diddy Combs. And Combs is coming out and, and like saying, hey, man, what's up? Everything OK? Like you need to like take it down a, a peg. And uh, and then Yay uh, essentially accuses Diddy of being controlled by uh, Jewish people, which which, again, is like this. It, it, it's a reference to this like conspiracy, this idea of like Jewish people again. And I want to just really, really quickly. 
we're not talking about, he's not specifically referring to Jewish entertainment lawyers or Jewish executives or Jewish music moguls. He's saying Jewish people. He's saying the Jewish people. And that's, that's the problem. It's, it's already all of it's problematic, but just to, to broaden it to that degree, again, from that perspective of uh, power and megaphone largeness, right? So he then he posts a picture of like at some point he also says like I can't be anti-Semitic because black people are Jewish or something like that. And and that's you know, there's there's a there's a thing that's deeper than I'm ready to go into right now about, you know, Zionists and this connection between there there were black Jews and in, in you know in antiquity and whatever. But Point being, he just keeps doubling down and keeps doubling down. He goes on this podcast called Drink Champs. At this point, he's been dropped by a couple of things, a couple of like, uh, you know, uh, entities that he is uh, associated with business wise. I heard heard about Adidas. Was that one? Well, that was the last, that was the last shoe (laughs) to drop. But um, he goes on Drink Champs and, and he says something to the effect of, no, I'll just quote it. He says, I could say anti Semitic. And Adidas can't drop me. Oh. And then he repeats it. I could say anti-Semitic and Adidas won't drop me. And then he says, what now? What now? Like he's taunting Adidas. And as we know, Adidas is a giant um, sporting streetwear fashion-y, you know, like they're they're cool. Like there's like associations with like the track suits and with hip hop, like they've got this, but it's a German company, (laughs) you know, the Dosslers. It it was like uh, Adi and his brother, uh, whose name is escaping me right now, Dossler, and they ended up splitting because they had beef and then it became Puma on one side and and Adidas on the other side. Adidas means Adi Dossler. A lot of people maybe in America, you know, in, in the UK and Europe, they pronounce it Adidas. Um, but they finally dropped him and I can see why they maybe hesitated because we'll get into the list of folks that have split with him. But, uh, Adidas estimates that ending this partnership will cost it 250 billion euros this year. Why? Which is 200 because the, the easy line is through Adidas, like those big beefy shoe foam kind of like cloud looking Adidas shoes. A lot of these things, it's like this branded, you know, Yeezy relationship. That's why he said what he said, I think, because he knew that money talks and that they, you know, it's sort of like Trump saying, I could shoot somebody in Times Square and they'll still vote for me. This was Yeezy's that moment. Right. And, um, and at this point he has been dropped by Balenciaga one of the most recent pictures of him had the, he had like a grill thing that said Balenciaga on it. His uh, talent agency, creative artist agency, CAA, dropped him. Wow. Um, his law firm, Cohen, Claire, Lands, Greifer, Thorpe, and Rotten Strife, uh, Rotten Strike, dropped him. Um, Gap dropped him. JP, his bank, a bank dropped him. <laughs> JP Morgan Chase dropped him. There is a completed documentary about him by a Hollywood uh, producer and like production company or financier called MRC. They are not going to put it out anymore. Wow. Um, he has had his social media accounts locked. Uh, by the way, 31 million people is how many people follow him um, on Twitter. And, um, yeah, that, that's kind of where it stands. 
But, oh, there's one other thing. Um, there was a demonstration, let's call it, in Los Angeles where some white supremacists uh, hung out on an overpass bridge and put these, like, banners down saying, like, Kanye is right, you know, and the Jewish whatever conspiracy, some horrible like that. And they're, like, giving the Heil salute, you know, on this overpass bridge. So, like... Los Angeles basically has canceled Kanye. You know, I mean, it's insane. And again, I mentioned at the top of the segment, he has had a very public struggle with mental illness, but being mentally ill doesn't make you racist out of nowhere. It doesn't make you anti-Semitic out of nowhere. And it's not a pass for this kind of thing, uh, in, in my opinion. Uh, well, no, it's certainly not a pass. Uh, wow. Um, the, the only point I can even make there is that it's really what we were talking about in the last segment of this episode where you can be led to believe some pretty gnarly things. And if you believe them strongly enough, it can make you act in ways that you maybe normally wouldn't act or do things you normally wouldn't do, you know? Um, and it makes me feel like he, something got in his head and, uh, I don't know, man, that's, that's a weird situation. Okay. Let's take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And then we write back in with more strange news. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. 
This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back. He's apparently been spending a lot of time with uh, this woman named Candace Owens, who's made some really crazy 9-11 truther-ish type, do- worse than that, like documentaries, like, you know, pushing the line that George Floyd wasn't killed by police, that he was a drug addict and overdosed and that the police were totally in the right. And I believe her husband is the CEO and uh, founder of Parler. And recently, Ye came out and said he was going to buy Parler after being kicked off of the traditional social media platforms. But you know about Candace Owens. I don't know much about her, but she doesn't seem like a great uh, great influence on a mentally ill person, on someone who is maybe susceptible to this kind of stuff. Maybe I have the wrong person, but I always saw her on television making what appeared to me to be like purposefully contrarian remarks or holding contrarian beliefs on popular movements or right. popular concepts, ideas. And and Candace Owens is a is a black woman for anyone that isn't familiar, uh, and her husband is, is white and owns they own together I guess Parlor and you know Parlor t- tanked didn't do well I think it has something in the neighborhood of like ten thousand five hundred monthly active users, um, and it is specifically reserved for their terms of service are a little lighter in terms of the kinds of hate speech that they'll put up with. In fact, it's sort of designed for hate speech. That's sort of the point. Uh, it's like, come here. We welcome you with open arms when you're kicked off Twitter for being like too racist. Uh, so he's, yeah. And you know, and, and I believe she had something to do with a documentary that pushed this, this narrative about George Floyd. And um, do you know who Van Jones is? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like Van Jones a lot. Uh, he used to work for TMZ. Uh, I forgive him for that. Wait, uh, but he now he works. He, he probably was, but he was, he worked, maybe he didn't work for TMZ all the time, but the, the incident I'm about to describe, he was there at TMZ. Um, and now he works for The Ringer. And I think he's just sort of like a freelance like writer and commentator. He's a really smart guy. I like him a lot. His, uh, the Wire podcast is great. But um, there was a thing several years ago I think maybe more than five when Kanye came to TMZ and he said something like that slavery was a choice or something like that uh, because of how long it had gone on for. He was like, I mean, that's a long time. Sounds to me like slavery is a choice. And then Van Jones comes in and says, Kanye, the thing you can have your opinion, whatever, but the things you're saying have real world implications in terms of like how they're affecting people that like, you know, follow you. 
But recently, Van Jones came out and said, actually, they edited that. And they took out a part where Kanye said that he related to Hitler and the Nazis. And this was Van Jones responding to that in saying the Holocaust was the realest of real world actual deaths resulting from this kind of ideology. And they edited that part out because it was too too much, too nuts, right? For him, they wouldn't have him saying that. And then they edited Van Jones so that his thing about the Holocaust was edited out because it wouldn't have made sense um, because of what they edited out from Kanye. And then they make it look like he's referring specifically to the slavery thing, which he is eventually, but not right away. So he's come out recently and said, yeah, Kanye totally said he digs the Nazis and Hitler. Um, And this was years ago, too, when he uh, alleges that this happened years ago. So Uh, what do we do with this? What do I what am I going to do with all of these Yeezy shoes that I have around my house? I have so many Yeezys. I don't. I don't think that's true, but um, if you <laughs> I don't did, know what they look like, <laughs> I, I think, you know, his streams on um, on Spotify and, and other platforms have tanked. Um, they're not playing him on the radio anymore or as much. Or, again, this is like the kind of thing where you got to pick a side, you know, like J.K. Rowling kind of, you know, when she comes out with this transphobic kind of stuff, like it's just instantly anyone associated with her is compelled to pick a side. Um, and it is not going Kanye's way. His net worth dropped by half. He was a billionaire. And now with all of these withdrawals, uh, from business with him, I think he's still worth like 400 million, but he was a legitimate billionaire like a month ago, man, that must be tough. (laughs) I mean, okay. I don't know what to do with this either, Matt, but I really do think it does dovetail interestingly with your story because it is an example of a combination of factors, but also like I have no sympathy for this guy. You got to get help. Shame on his handlers. Shame on whomever is in his circle that isn't saying we got to do a, you know, whatever they call it, a 5150 on you. You know what I mean? Like you need to, you need to be forcibly whatever, like given some help. Yeah. It shows the the real toxicity of the whole Hollywood model, too, where you're just surrounded by yes people. And then with this zero filter thing with social media, it just goes and goes and goes and goes. And there's like no end to it, you know, until you just literally burn out in the most public possible way. Yeah. Um, a person that I thought was very wise once said I, I did. I really thought this person was very wise. Um, he once said, no one man should have all that power. Uh, the clock's ticking. I just count the hours. It's a great song. I tried to start this off coming from a place of like, I'm a, I'm a music fan. I, I'm a music producer. I think Kanye did very interesting and important things. You know, his records like really crossed some boundaries in really cool ways. Really interesting lyrical style. But it's like now people are going back and reassessing his whole canon and like looking for little like, 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 like when someone gets canceled on Twitter for saying something shitty people end up going back through all their old tweets and looking for other things they may have missed. Now people are doing that with his entire catalog of music. It's just, I've just never in my life seen someone just torpedo their legacy the way this is happening. It's just, it's absolutely bonkers. Uh, Well, what do you think? 
we've surprisingly gotten very little uh, correspondence, but this all happened very in the in very recent, you know, weeks and months. So please do let us know what you think. Is this an example of mental illness gone unchecked? You know, obviously that's part of it. Um, does that should that give him the opportunity to to come back and and make an apology? Is he too far gone at this point? I literally am seeing headlines like Kanye can never come back from this. Can he come back from this? Should there be a place for restitution and uh, redemption with this person? I, I don't know. Um, but let us know what you think. And let us know what you think about this 911 call in Michigan. And, oh, my good, the twists and turns of that story. Uh, where is it heading? I- I'm going to keep my eyes out for more updates on that because that one just really had my imagination running wild. Oh yes. We, we definitely want to hear from you on that too. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter. We are conspiracy stuff on Facebook, conspiracy stuff on YouTube, conspiracy stuff. And on Instagram, we are conspiracy stuff show. If you wish, you can also give us a telephone call. We have a number, one of those that you can call with a regular old rotary touch dial or even, you know, one of those uh, digital WhatsApp situations if you're abroad. Uh, and you can reach us there at one eight three three stdwytk You'll hear a sound of a tone and a familiar voice. Uh, leave us a message there. Um, and we only, I think, what is it, three minutes, right, is the time uh, that you shall have. If, that, if you need more than that, send us an email. You can send us a novel. We read every single email that we get. You can do that by writing to us at conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. 
Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. <laughs> 